Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. Hallelujah. Well, I am excited to be here with you to start off 2018. Praise God. It is a good day to be with the people of God. And I've got a good word to bring to you today. We want to dismiss our bridge class uh, to their class this morning, and then we're going to dig into the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who came expecting to hear something that uh, something from the Lord that's going to help you today? Okay, three people. Uh, the rest of you, what are you expecting? Praise God. Praise God. Well, um, I trust that, uh, that the Lord will speak to you, even if you didn't come expecting that. He'll speak to you anyway, and uh, I'm going to bring some things that's going to be a help to you today, praise God, and I, I just, you know, I, I was thinking about it, and I was reading in the uh, uh, book of Romans this week, and it was, as I was reading there, the one thing just continued to, to every, it seemed like everywhere I read there and everywhere I was looking, it was talking about the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And so I just got to meditating on that word gospel and what that, what that meant. And I felt like the Lord was wanting us to talk about the gospel today. Praise God. So I thought he talked about the gospel every week. Well, I, I do, but, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about the word gospel and, and the preaching of the gospel and, and, and that kind of thing today. And so um, we're going to deal with that. And, and I believe that this is a word for us for 2018. Hallelujah. How many know that... Uh, uh, that God doesn't want, he, he, Jesus gave us a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, you know, he, many times we get so caught up in this aspect of, of uh, well, I've got to get me and mine and my issues taken care of. And I've got challenges. You know, I've been pastoring for 20 six years now, and I've been in ministry over 30, and uh, in, in pastoring, I have noticed something. I have noticed that for, for 26 solid years, there have been people with problems, and if we are waiting until we get all the problems fixed before we get involved in spreading the gospel, we'll never spread the gospel. And so, uh, you know, you say, well, I've got issues going on in my life. I've got challenges going on in my life, and I don't feel qualified to, to preach the gospel. I, you know, by the time I get through today, I trust that you will feel not only very qualified, but you will feel very energized to spread the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. That, that is our objective. And... Uh, you know, so I, we're going to talk about this, and I, I really don't expect to get finished today. Uh, and so what that means is we'll come back next week. So go ahead and mark down on your calendar next week. Be at Word of Life Church on Sunday morning, uh, you know, for the continuation. Praise God. 
And so, anyway, let's lift one hand together and say this. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for the word. I'm a doer, not just a hearer, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. Reveal truth. I'll receive it. I'll act upon it. I'll be changed by it. And I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. And before we get started this morning, I just want to welcome everyone who is joining us online, whether you're right here in Carlsbad, whether you are, you know, maybe you are halfway around the world somewhere watching us on the internet. Maybe you're, if you're watching us from China or from Russia, from, from Russia, uh, and uh you know, or, or any other country for that matter. I, I know those, those two particular countries that we are online there. And so if you're watching us in one of those places or somewhere else, just send us a message and, and tell us where you're watching from. We'd be interested to know that. Praise God. And I just want to welcome you and thank you for, for joining us today. And uh, I believe that the, the Lord has something for you. And uh, so receive that today. Praise God. Um, in Romans chapter eight or chapter ten, excuse me, verse number eighteen says this. Oh, and by the way, let me mention one other thing. Sorry, um, I, I should do this every week, and I, I forget to do it. But uh, if you go to the U version app on your tablet or phone, uh, then you can download the U version app there and. Uh, you can select events and then uh, search 88220. When you search that, then it's going to bring up Word of Life Carlsbad, and uh, you can find my outlines for today on there and follow along. You can save those. You can email them to yourself so you can have them on a permanent basis and, uh, and have some notes to study in the future. I encourage you to do that. Praise God. Praise God. And if you're, if you're a preacher out there and you think you want to preach it, it's all right with me. Go ahead. Praise God. And so anyway, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse number 18, it says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. Notice that. It says their sound has gone out. He's talking about the sound of the preaching of the gospel. Why do I say that? Because he just got through talking about faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And, and he, he talks about how can they believe in whom they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach unless they are sent? And how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel uh, you know, and, and this, is, this is one of the things. I'll just throw this one in for free. It's not even on my outline. Uh, but it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who, pre who preach the gospel of peace. Now notice, he said, pre who preach the gospel of peace. He didn't just say everyone who preaches. He says, everyone who preaches the gospel of peace. 
We're going to talk about what gospel is, who preaches the gospel of peace. Praise God. Praise God. There are a lot of people who are out there who are preaching things that uh, I got to say their feet are not very beautiful because they're not preaching anything about gospel or peace. And so he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Praise God. Who bring good tidings, glad tidings of good things. Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, I decided uh, I want to have beautiful feet, so I'm going to preach the gospel of peace. Praise God. Uh, But notice there, he says, their sound, the sound of the gospel, the gospel of peace, has gone out to all the earth. Now, isn't that consistent with what Jesus told us to do? Go into all the world or all the earth and preach the gospel. Praise God. This their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. There's something that we we put on our website, we just redid our website here recently, and, and as, as Jason has been updating you on, we've been, uh, you know, fixing some little bugs and things like that. In fact, we've even had a, uh, an app for uh, Word of Life Carlsbad. We've, we've had an app built for us now, and, but one of the things that we put on there as a, as a mission statement is that until... Everyone knows God is madly in love with them. Praise God. We're going to do what we do until everyone knows that God is madly in love with them. Praise God. And so we are actively involved in getting that message to the ends of the earth. Praise God. You know, I had the privilege in, in uh, November of preaching the gospel in Guatemala. I'll have the privilege in, in February of preaching the gospel in the Philippines. And wherever I go, wherever I have an opportunity to preach the gospel, and I've been doing this for a few years now, uh, everywhere I go, uh, I preach God is madly in love with you. In some way, I bring that into the message because I have found that that is one of the greatest deficiencies uh, in the world today is knowing that God is mad. Most of the world thinks God's mad at them. Most of the world thinks God, you know, that, that, that God hates them. That, uh, um, you know, and, and we have, you know, church, the church world has not helped with that issue very much. We like to go around saying, well, God loves sinners, but he hates sin. We always think we have to add that part on there, but he hates sin. Now, let me tell you, when, when, we, when we think we have to add that on, to that, why can't we just say, God is madly in love with you, and leave it at that? Because when we, see, when we say, but God hates sin, what sinners hear is God hates me, and because I sin. So God hates me. But what we need to, can't we just let that statement stand on its own? God is madly in love with you because God loves sinners. He loved you when you were yet a sinner to the extent that Christ died for you. Praise God. 
He loved you that much. That doesn't sound like a God that hates sinners, does it? But you see, many times people get, can't get past that, you know, they think, well, if we don't tell them, they won't know. Let's, we're going to dig into this today, and we're going we're gonna to show you some things that I think will be a, a tremendous, tremendous uh, help to you when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. Uh, in fact, let's look at this. Uh, in Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, I like to call this Jesus' final staff meeting before he went back to heaven. And here's what he said in his final staff meeting. Now, when, when the boss is getting ready to leave town, the staff meeting that he has is not a bunch of chit-chat. You know, it's not about what did you have for dinner last night. You know, it's important stuff. The boss is getting ready to leave for a week or two or three, and uh, he wants to make sure that things run smoothly while he's away. So he says to his staff the things that are important. Jesus is getting ready to leave, and he's getting ready to go back to heaven, and he is giving a commission to his staff, and here's what he says to them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we haven't paid very close attention to what Jesus said. He said, go. First of all, he didn't say, stay and get them to come to you. He said, go. Uh, but yet, what is most of the church doing? They're building big, nice, fancy, uh, expensive buildings. And they're saying, if you build it, they'll come. They didn't get that from the Bible. They got that from the Field of Dreams, from Hollywood. Okay? And, and they're saying, if you build it, they'll come. Well, that's not even true. You know, you, they have built it, and they're not coming. Praise God. And I got news for them. They're not going to come. Unless you go get them. Praise God. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then notice what he said. He said, go into all the world. All the world. Now, I remember several years ago, back, yeah, I'm, I'm old enough to remember the Cold War. Okay? Anybody else here old enough to remember the Cold War? Yeah. If, if you remember the Cold War, you remember, uh, I, I remember that Billy Graham, you know, tremendous evangelist, Billy Graham, uh, was invited to come and preach in Moscow. I believe it was Moscow, in the, in the former Soviet Union anyway. I'll say it that way. That he was invited to come and to, to do a crusade in the former Soviet Union. Many Christians, get this, Christians were criticizing him for going. Well, he shouldn't be going to Russia. You know, he shouldn't be going to the Soviet Union. That's our enemy. You know, that, and they, I could not believe when I heard, and, and you know, I was, I was pretty young then, and I didn't know a whole lot back then, but I knew one thing. That if you got a chance to go preach the gospel to your enemy, you ought to go preach the gospel to your enemy. Praise God. 
And so, you know, Billy Graham thankfully went and preached the gospel in the former Soviet Union. Praise God. But, uh, you know, Jesus said, go into all the world. And then he said, preach. The word preach doesn't necessarily mean that you stand on a platform or behind a pulpit. It, it, it means to proclaim. Go into all the world and proclaim. That can be in a conversation across your back fence. Or it can be standing on a platform in front of millions of people. You know, on, on, on television, you know, world, worldwide television. It, it can mean those things, but it's not limited to those things. It's anywhere and at every opportunity that you are proclaiming the gospel. Praise God. And then notice what he said. He said they were to preach, and he told us what to preach. He said, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. He didn't say... Notice he did not say, go and preach the Bible. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are not the gospel. Now, you may, you may uh, some of you may have, be having a little bit of pause right now. Uh, but let me explain to you. It is, it is in the Bible, and the Bible is truth. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but that is not the gospel. Gospel, and I'm going to show you in a moment, the gospel means good news. Wages of sin is death is not good news. But there's a, another part that goes with that that makes it good news. The wages of sin is death. Here's the good news part of it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. So when we add on to it the rest of the verse, now we've preached the gospel. Yes, it's important to know that the wages of sin is death. It's important to know that because the gospel doesn't mean near as much unless you know what it relates to. The gospel is the good news that Jesus came and paid the price, the penalty for your sin. So unless you know about the wages of sin being death, then the gospel doesn't have its full impact because you don't know what it, the, the full extent of what it means. So I'm not saying we shouldn't preach that the wages of sin is death, but never, ever, ever stop there. You've got to say, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. Praise God. So we need to know the, the full story because the gospel loses its impact when we don't know the other side of it. When we don't know where we are without the gospel. In fact, I, I've got a... Uh, Jason was talking about a class he's got coming up um, in starting next week and or this this week and uh you know i i'm gonna have the lord's been talking to me about one i'm gonna be doing a class and i'm not sure if it's gonna be i know i can't do it in february uh possibly march or april but i'm gonna be doing a class called the truth about romans the truth about romans and 
What I've been talking about here is that, you know, the wages of sin is death, but, but the, you know, the, the good news, well, the, the bad news comes in as it relates to, or as the good news relates to it. Praise God. Praise God. And Romans is full of things like that, that you have what sounds like, um, you know, being, it, it, it sounds really hard and really tough and really, you know, but Paul is telling us, he's saying, we've got, this is the way life was, and now here is what we have by contrast. And by doing that, you know, if we only take the wages of sin as death, that's horrible news. Because every one of us, if we're honest, we know we've sinned. In fact, the scripture goes on and it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, but the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans is full of that. But listen to this. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus had a plan for while he was away. And it would do us good to get into his plan. To, to get involved with his plan. Praise God. Praise God. In Mark chapter 16... Let's go on to verse 17, and it says this. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. What I want you to see here in the rest of this is there is no exemption. There is no exemption. And, uh, you know, we can come up, everyone, maybe, maybe even as I'm speaking, thoughts are going through your mind as why you can't do this. But there is no exemption. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they. Who is the they? The they is those who believe, right? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now this, this last they that I mentioned there is a different they. They, being those who believe, will lay hands on the sick, and then the sick will recover. Praise God. But notice here, the, the they, he said these signs would follow those who believe. Now, he's not talking about just those who hear the message, but what he is saying is that once you have heard the message, once you have heard the gospel, once someone has preached the gospel to you, then you become, if you believe it, you then become they who believe. And they who believe went everywhere, the very last verse of Mark the 16th chapter, they went everywhere preaching the gospel. They went everywhere preaching and the Lord working with them, with the ones who believe. 
Not the originals that, that he was talking to that day, but everyone who believed their word. The Lord worked with them, confirming the word through accompanying signs. So once you have heard the gospel and you have believed it, then you become a preacher. Oh, but pastor, I'm not called to preach. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. I just read Jesus' words where he called you to preach. Praise God. He called you to proclaim. Maybe he didn't call you to stand on a platform. Maybe he didn't call you to stand in the office of a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher. Or, you know, but, but he called you certainly to proclaim the gospel. And if you will go and proclaim the gospel, then it says the Lord worked with them. All of those who went everywhere and proclaimed the gospel, the Lord worked with them. How many would like for, to have the Lord working with you? Four people. Come on. You, you want the Lord working with you. Well, he will work with you if you will proclaim. Praise God. Well, whenever the Lord starts working with me, then I will. No, he's not going to start until you start proclaiming. He's got nothing to confirm until you say something. Praise God. Until you open your mouth and begin to proclaim the gospel, then he's got nothing to confirm. But when you do, then the Lord will work with you, and it doesn't say he will confirm you. Many people are expecting the Lord to confirm them. But he didn't say he confirmed them. He said he confirmed the word. With signs following. Now, how many know that John says that Jesus is the Word? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. You know, the Word became flesh, verse 14 of John, the first chapter. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word is Jesus. His name we see in Revelation. His name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. So when it says the Lord worked with them confirming the word with signs following, he confirmed Jesus with signs following. Now, if you remember, uh, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and there they encountered a lame man, and they told him, so, you know, they, he, was, he was begging alms, and they said, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he went leaping and, 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 and jumping and praising God. And, you know, uh, so they went there. And they proclaimed the word. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the word, confirmed Jesus with signs following. You see, as long as we are proclaiming Jesus, many times we get over into proclaiming ourselves or proclaiming our church. You know, I, I, you already heard me say this morning, I believe the Word of Life Church in Carlsbad is the best church in town. All right? But that's not the message I'm sent out to preach. Okay, I'm not sent to go into all the world and preach Word of Life Church. I'm sent to go into all the world and preach the good news of Jesus. Praise God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. And so um, I want us to understand that you are called to the 
to preach. Hallelujah. You are called to preach. Now, say, but I, I don't know that I'm qualified. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Praise God. When you preach Jesus, then God has got something to confirm. God has always confirmed Jesus and will always confirm Jesus. Praise God. So it seems that everyone who believed the gospel became a preacher. Hallelujah. So let me ask you, do you believe the gospel? If you believe the gospel, then you're a preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 4, verse number 39, we find a story of a woman that Jesus encountered at, at the well in Samaria. And here it says, Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So let me just give you the background story here, just the quick version. Okay, this Jesus says he needed to go through Samaria. And so as he went to Samaria, he, he sits down at the well. His disciples go to find some food. Jesus sits down at the well, and there's a woman that comes to the well to draw water, and Jesus strikes up a conversation with her. Now, the story, the, the history is that the Jews didn't have anything to do with the Samaritans. And, you know, it was, a, it was a conflict that they had there, which I won't go into and I won't explain, but the Jews didn't have anything to do with the Samaritans. And so, and, and particularly uh, a man at the well would not be striking up a conversation with a woman, much less a Samaritan woman. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't like today where men are striking up a conversation with every woman they see. All right, but that, it, it wasn't like that in those days. A man didn't track up a conversation with a woman, and especially not a Samaritan woman if he was a Jew. So she thought it a little strange, and she begins to talk to him. And, you know, and Jesus tells her, he says this to her. He says, you know, she, uh, go and call your husband. And Jesus says to her, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you said, you spoke truthfully, said you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. Okay, but notice this. Jesus had just said to her, go call your husband. Jesus had already sent her. Now, she had had a little short, brief conversation. He talked about drawing water from the well, you know, and, and, and giving her this water to drink. And then he tells her, he says, you go and call your husband. Now, you say, well, Jesus sent her to do what? Go and proclaim. Go and tell your husband and then bring him back with you. Praise God. Bring him to Jesus. Isn't that what he told us to do? Go and tell someone and then bring them to Jesus? Praise, very simply. You know, she, he commissioned her to go preach now, many times we say this, the, the church has said this, well, when you get all of your mess in your life cleaned up, see, some of you are thinking, but my life is a mess right now. 
I've got things going on in my life. I've got, I've got sins in my life that I'm really ashamed of. I've got things I'm doing. I've got bad habits. I've got these kinds of things, you know. And I, in fact, you didn't hear the argument that my wife and I had last night. And so, you know, and, and, uh, and, and so talking about all this kind of stuff and you're, what you're doing is you're disqualifying or attempting to disqualify yourself from preaching the gospel. But Jesus knew that this woman, get this, he knew this woman had had five husbands and that she is now living with a man that she's not even married to. He knew that, yet he still said, go call your husband. He still sent her to preach. He didn't, now, notice he did not say, go home and kick that man out of your house then go to Bible school for three years, and then maybe you can start preaching then. It's not what he said. Jesus, obviously, from what he said next, we know that Jesus was aware of who this woman was and what her condition was, what her situation was, and he, knowing that, still sent her to preach. Now, do you feel a little more qualified now? Okay. He also knows everything you've been doing. And he knows what your life has been like. And he knows the mistakes that you've made. He knows all about that. And he has still said to you, go and preach the gospel. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you glad he didn't say get a theological degree and then you can go preach the gospel? Hallelujah. Now, get this. This woman goes into town and she starts telling people. So, you know, and, and I, I can just imagine it started off something like this. I met a man. Now, all these guys in town know her. She goes and tells the men of the city. That's what the scripture says. And they all know her. And they're saying, tell us something new. <laughs> You've been married five times and now you're living with a man that's not even your husband. And you're telling me you met a man? <laughs> but then she goes on and says, I met a man who told me everything I ever did. Now, this is, well, he's not like the other guys. The other guy's just told, you know, well, no, we won't even go there. <laughs> but when the woman at the well in John 4, who had had five husbands and was living with the sixth man who was not her husband, told the townspeople, I met a man, Jesus didn't tell her to keep it quiet until you gain some more credibility. Jesus didn't tell you. you. You may be thinking, but, you know, I do this, and I know that's wrong, and I do that, and I know that's wrong, and I have this habit, and I know that's wrong, and I've been here, and I've been doing this, and I've, you know, and I've done all these things, and these people, they all know me. And, you know, aren't you glad Jesus didn't tell you to go, you know, build up a little credibility? But until then, just kind of keep it quiet that, you know, we've, that we've been talking. 
Don't, don't tell anybody about me because, you know, here, here's what we said. We, we as a church, we have said, well, if you don't have all your stuff together and then you go trying to preach the gospel, you give Jesus a bad name. You know, Jesus was not worried about his name right here. And he's not worried about his name with you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, are we kind of chipping away at the unqualified stuff here? You know, well, this disqualifies me. No, it really doesn't. Okay, so I can't use that excuse anymore. Okay, you know, he's just chipping away at this. And the bottom line is, if you, are, if you have heard the gospel and you believe, you are qualified. You may not have. See, here's what we did. We told people, you know, we, we've tried to isolate people from their, when, when a person gets saved, when a person accepts Jesus as their Savior, then the first thing the church has tried to do was to isolate them from all of their unbeliever friends. Well, you come in here, you don't hang around those people anymore. I heard that so much when I was growing up. I thought, man, I can't have any friends. <laughs> and I didn't, very, didn't have very many. You know, because, I, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to have any friends because they were unbelievers and it might rub off on me. It might contaminate me. And so, you know, therefore, uh, you know, you just need to come to church and you need to, you need to be in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. You need to be at prayer meeting on Tuesday night. You need to be at, at uh, church on Wednesday night. You need to be, uh, well, you need to come and work around the church. There's, you got to... You got a couple days a week off that you don't have to be at church, but you do need to be praying and reading your Bible then. So, you know, we we try to isolate people from all of their unbeliever friends, and uh, until they came to the point that they didn't have any more unbeliever friends, and then we said, "Go tell your friends about Jesus." I don't have any anymore. You know, if you had told me that the day I got saved, if you had told me that the day I first heard the gospel, if you had told me that then, I had a whole lot of unbeliever friends. Then I could have gone and told them about Jesus. But you told me to stay away from them, so now I don't have any friends except the, the new friends I've made who are already believers. Do you, do you see how maybe this has hampered us from reaching the world with the gospel? Praise God. You know, maybe it's that we don't trust the power of the gospel. I'm telling you, the gospel is the most powerful thing you've ever uttered out of your mouth. And we don't trust the power of the gospel. We think that if you get around your unbeliever friends, their unbelief is going to rub off on you. Well, no, it was already on me. Now I got it off of me. So, no, it's not going to rub off on me. In fact, the Bible says that greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. How can the lesser rub off on the greater? How is that possible? You know, I was airing up a tire one day, and I've got an air tank that there's no compressor. You've got to use a compressor to put air in the air tank. But, you know, and you fill up this tank with air, and it will air up a car tire. But... 
you reach a certain point where the pressure goes out of the tank and into the tire. And there gets to be a point when they equalize. It's not that the tank is out of air. It's just that the pressure in the tank has equalized with the air in the tire. And so now no more air is flowing into the tire. You cannot, you cannot take a, a full tank and then the air flow back from the tire into the tank. It won't because the pressure in the tank is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you have the greater one on the inside of you, What's in them, what's in the lesser is not going to rub off on you. And we, but we've told people, that we made people so afraid that sinner was going to rub off on them that they wouldn't get around the sinner. But praise God, I am glad that one day I learned that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I can be around sinners without becoming one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't tell her, go kick that man out of your house. No. You say, well, pastor, are you saying that's okay? No, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it won't disqualify you from being able to preach the gospel. You know, there are a lot of things that we ought to quit doing. But they're not, they're, they don't disqualify you from preaching the gospel. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. There are a lot of things you ought not be doing. And they're bad for you. And they will hurt you. And they will destroy your life. But... They will not, first of all, they will not make God stop loving you, and they will not prevent God from using you. Praise God. This woman who had met Jesus just a few minutes ago goes into town, and she tells the men of the city, I've met this man that told me everything I know, that I've ever done, and now you need to come hear him. And guess what? They all came to hear Jesus. And they told Jesus, they said, can you stay a little while and teach us a little more? Jesus stayed there two more days, and he preached the gospel to them. Praise God. But it all started because of a woman who all of most churches that I have been in would have disqualified and said, keep your mouth shut until you get your life straightened out. You get that guy kicked out of your house, and until you get, you know, you, you stop doing it. And then you have to have a proven time, you know. You've got to prove that you're going to stick. You've got to prove you're going to stay. Then you can go tell the men of the city to come and see Jesus. Do you realize we disqualify some of our most effective evangelists? Some of our most effective preachers because we say you're not qualified to preach? Now, the word gospel means this. It is the Greek word euangelon. 
or Euangelon, or I'm not sure the, the correct pronunciation on that, Euangelon. But it comes, it's a compound word. The word you means good. Never means anything but good. I mean, every, every, everything or every word that, that it could be defined as is always a good word. Always means good. Okay? Angelon or angelon is the word where we get angel. And it means a messenger. So when we combine these two words, we've got a good messenger. Or then you can have euangelos or euangelos. And it is the actual message. Still has the word you, still has angel in there or messenger in there. And so this word euangelos refers to the message itself. It can never mean bad or anything bad. It is always good. So it is a good message. So when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach you angelos, go into all the world and carry the message of good tidings. Hallelujah. Go into all the world and preach the message of good tidings, good news. You see, we have coined this phrase that, that many of us use, but it's actually a misuse of the word gospel. And here's what we said, well, that's the gospel truth. And we have said that everything that is truth is gospel. Not everything that is truth. I gave you an example earlier, the wages of sin is death. That is truth. But an incomplete message is not a gospel message. So Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and preach the truth. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. In other words, don't preach anything unless you bring in the good news to go with it. Praise God. It is truth that men who die without Christ will spend eternity in hell. That is the truth. But there is some good news that goes along with that. And the good news is they don't have to. Praise God. Nobody has to go to hell. You see, many times we have preached what we call the truth or the gospel truth in such a way that people don't think they have any option. Well, that's just who I am and there's no, there's no way I can ever change and therefore I guess I'll just go to hell. And people settle into that, and they live a depressed life because they know when this one's over, uh, I'm going straight to hell. Have you ever had anybody tell you that? Well, yeah, I know I'm going straight to hell. I, I've had people actually say that. I know I'm going to hell. But they didn't believe they could do anything about it. But you see, the matter is, they really couldn't do anything about it, but somebody did. Hallelujah. Now that's the gospel. That's the gospel. The good news is they don't have to do anything about it because somebody already did. Hallelujah. And all they have to do is believe on him. 
They've got to believe that he made it possible so they don't have to go to hell. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Jesus told us to make sure the gospel is preached in all the world. You know, I examine everything I preach and make sure it's full of gospel. If it's not full of gospel, I don't preach it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To whom should you preach? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That would include your family. Praise God. That would include your family. What a, what a tragedy to have family members who don't know when they've got a preacher in the house. What a tragedy to have a, 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 a uncle, an aunt, a, a, a family member that is headed straight to hell and they don't know they don't have to when they got a preacher in the family. What a tragedy. Preach the gospel to your friends. If you're really a friend, you know, friends don't let friends drive drunk. Friends don't let friends go to hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Preach the gospel to your friends. And here's one. Preach the gospel to your enemies. Hallelujah. You, do you know? Well, I, just, I have a problem with this person. I just don't know what, what to do, how to deal with this person. How about preaching the gospel to them? How about you take an enemy and you turn them into a friend? Because you introduce them to Jesus. That's the best way. You know, I've always said this. The best way to deal with the enemy is turn them into a believer. And then they won't be your enemy anymore. How many of you ever, you know, you ever hated the person that led you to Jesus? You can never hate the person that led you to Jesus. You will love the person that led you to Jesus for eternity. So just lead them to Jesus. And you made a friend for life. Praise God. Turn an enemy into a friend. Best way to deal with an enemy is love them all the way to Jesus. Praise God. And how about the stranger? Aren't they part of every creature? Praise God. Preach the good news to the stranger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when do you start preaching? Well, let me ask you this. If, if your boss says, you know, I need you to show up at 8 o'clock, he probably wants you to start working at 8 o'clock. Not at 8.30. Anybody work with somebody like that? You know, starting, they clock in at, at 8 o'clock, and then they get a cup of coffee, and then they drink their cup of coffee. Then they get a second cup of coffee, 
carry that to their desk. And then they have to get up and go sit on the toilet for, you know, 15 minutes. And then about 9 o'clock, they finally make it back into where the work is supposed to be taking place. And then it's time for their break. Well, we've been doing that in the church for years. Jesus commissioned us to go the day we believed the gospel. And yet we're sitting around trying to think of, uh, of all the other things we could, well, but I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to, you know, I've I got this issue, I've got to get that taken care of. Of course, we don't do anything to take care of it, but, uh, you know, we've got all these other things going on. And so starting time was at 8, and here it is, 8.30, it's 9 o'clock. And we're just thinking about getting started. Oh, and then we forgot to plug our iPad in last night, so it's dead. So now, we, well, we've got to have that to work. You know, you see what I'm saying? Praise God. And then, here's the deal. Then we start, we start quoting, oh, after all. Revelation chapter 22 says this, Behold, I come quickly. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. Except, here's what we say, even so, come quickly. Why are we in such a hurry for Jesus to come? You know, why are we in such a hurry for Jesus to come? We, we think we're being biblical there. But actually, here's, here's the deal. Jesus said, Revelation twenty two twenty, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. And then notice John's response to this. So be it. Amen. So be it. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Did you notice that John left out the quickly part? I was thinking about that. Why did John leave out the quickly part? Because John knew we had a big job to do, and he was no hur in no hurry for Jesus to come. He says, even so, all of this is going on. I know you're coming back, Jesus, and I'll be glad to see you when you get here, but no hurry. I mean, that, that's, that's what I read into what Jesus said, I am coming quickly. John says, hey, so be it come but he didn't say hurry up get here yet so many of us we just can't wait to leave and go to heaven how can we be in such a hurry to go to heaven when there's so many people who don't know Jesus in 1957 a lady by the name of Hazel Hauser now, along with Chester Smith, wrote a song called Wait a Little Longer, Please, Jesus. And there were a lot of, back at that time, there were a lot of, of country artists that recorded that song. Wait a little longer, please, Jesus. And the, the song was about there's so many out there that don't know Jesus. Just wait a little bit longer. Yes, Jesus, we want you to come. And yes, we're going to be glad when you get here and we're going to be so excited to see you face to face but why are we in such a hurry 
because we're thinking about me. And the Apostle Paul said, for me to depart and be with the Lord is far better if for me. But for your sake, I'm going to stay here a little longer. Praise God. Because it means, it means fruit for your labors. Fruit for, for my labors through, through you. Is, uh, and I'm butchering that really badly. But Paul was saying, you know, if I stay here, it's for your benefit. So I'm going to stay. Why, why can't we as a church say, wait a little longer, please, Jesus. You know, we've got too many more to reach. We don't want them to go spend an eternity in hell. Hallelujah. So I challenge you with that today. And I say this, if you came today or if you're watching this online and you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I believe Jesus has waited a little longer for you. Praise God. For you. And it is the day, there is no better time than right now. There is no better day than today for you to receive Jesus, for you to believe the gospel. Jesus went to the cross for you and he paid for all of your sins so you don't have to pay for them. He did that because he is madly in love with you. And he sent me right here today to tell you that because he is madly in love with you. So if you have never received Jesus as your Savior, today is the time. Right now, we're coming to that moment. I'm going to ask everyone in this room to pray this with me. And if you're watching online, please pray this with me. And if you pray this and you mean this from your heart, I mean, you really mean it. You're not just saying it because, oh, well, I can, you know, anybody can say something and not mean it. But if you say this and you mean it, then God's word says you will be saved. Praise God. See, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's right out of Romans 10. So let me just ask everyone, just, let, let's just pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you today that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty for all of my sin so I won't have to pay it. Today I choose Jesus. I put my trust in what he has done for my salvation. And I receive that. I receive the benefit that he has provided for me. Thank you, Jesus, for paying my debt. I believe that God raised you from the dead so I could have new life. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Lord. And now I call you my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.